say it. Amen. Remain standing for just a second. Turn to Proverbs 25, 25, and, and we'll just read that one little verse, and, and, and then we're going to jump over there to Genesis and, uh, and share a little story uh, and, and, and hear some good news. <clears throat> good news, good news. We need to hear some good news. I tell you what, I, I appreciate Brother Buddy and his family, and, and here's what I appreciate. <clears throat> there's a lot of people you'll see, not many here, because uh, I'm not going to have them here, but th there's, there's, there's a lot of people that, that, that go around in ministry, and, and you'll see them in churches, and then, and then you'll see them outside of church, and they ain't, they ain't what they was in church. And, uh, and I can't stand that. Whether you like me or not, you're going to see the same thing in Walmart as you see here. Uh, you just got to be yourself, and you got to be real. And 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 I, I don't like I don't like people that put on and, and especially uh, you know using ministry for uh, anyway anyway uh, they're the real deal. I've seen them in church and I've seen them out of church, and and, and it's the same. And that, that I appreciate that fact in people. Amen? Amen. Now listen, let's look at this verse, and then I'll let you sit down. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna just kind of uh, take take for granted that you know most of the story about Joseph. All right. Joseph with a coat of many colors, you know, and all that kind of thing. And, and, and so I'm going to have to breeze through that to get to the points I want to get to. Uh, so how many of y'all have heard of Joseph? You know the story of Joseph in the Bible. Coat of many colors and all that good stuff. All right, good, good. That'll help me in, in what I'm going to try to do today. All right, Proverbs chapter 25 and verse number 25. If you're there, say amen. amen. As cold waters to a thirsty soul. As cold waters to a thirsty soul. I, I was helping someone move yesterday, and, uh, and I don't recommend that. <clears throat> Especially when they're in an apartment on the second floor. <clears throat> and we had, we had several helping us, and, 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 and man, it was hot, and we was up and down, up and down them steps and bringing stuff down. And, and boy, there's at one point I was about to thirst to death, and Miss Katie brought some Gatorade. Say amen. And we all sat down just a minute, and I'm telling you what, I didn't talk, I didn't, I didn't listen, I didn't do anything, but I, I was thoroughly enjoying that Gatorade. How many of y'all have ever been real, real thirsty and somebody gave you something to drink? The Bible says, just that feeling right there, the Bible says this, so is good news from a far country. Good news from a far country country how many y'all could use some good news this morning amen. amen father thank you lord for your blessings thank you for your goodness and your mercy thank you so much for hope for the world and the mullins family and lord the ministry they are they are striving to to succeed in and, and be a part of and touching the lives of thousands of people i thank you for those that are here today i thank you for the ministry that you've placed here and God, I pray right now that you'll give me the ability to be an encouragement and a blessing. And Lord, help me to edify your people today. I pray that you'll use this story as a way to encourage your people to know that you're still in charge and you are still on the throne. And none of this stuff that's going on in our world, in our country, in our, our societies, in our cities, none of this is taking you by surprise. Lord, everything is right in line. I pray your perfect will be done. And Lord, we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Now, if you'll give me a moment <clears throat> to set the table. Uh, in Genesis chapter, let's see, in Genesis chapter number 45, let me, let me flip over there real quick, uh, we find Joseph. Joseph is the one who had a dream one day. He is the son of Jacob, 
He had a dream one day that he was going to rule and he was going to reign. God blessed him there, and you all know his brothers didn't, uh, uh, didn't like it. His family didn't like it. They didn't believe him. Uh, his brothers hated him because he was his father's favorite. He had a coat of many colors, which, which was just an irritant to them, and, and they stripped him of his garment. They threw him in a pit, sold him into slavery to the Midianites. They took him to Egypt. Now he's in Potiphar's house. He goes through Potiphar's house. He goes and is lied on from Potiphar's old crazy wife. And now they throw him in prison. And there in prison, he is there with two condemned people. And one of them goes free, and one of them goes uh, and is, is, is executed. All right? Then uh, he, he interprets their dreams. They hear about it. Pharaoh has a dream. Joseph interprets his dream. There's going to be seven years of blessing, seven years of goodness, seven years of incredible growth, and then there's going to be seven years of famine. Well, Pharaoh takes him and says, if you can do that, you can do all the rest of it. So he puts him in charge of everything in Egypt. Are you following me so far? And so here we have Joseph on the throne. We have Joseph is in charge. Everything that God said was going to happen was completely fulfilled in the life of Joseph. He is now Lord. He is now governor. He is now over all of Egypt. Well, guess what? Because of the famine, two years into the famine, his brothers come because they're out of food and they need food and they heard that there was food in Egypt. And here they are. Uh, Joseph recognizes them. Now, this is the point in this particular chapter where he, he is revealing himself to his brothers. Now, can you imagine how that was? And Joseph was a whole lot more righteous than I would have been at that moment. Say amen. I believe I, I'd, have, I'd, have, I'd have done what he did, but I'd have messed with him first. Amen. Well, here he is revealing himself to them and said, Look, it's me. You hear my voice. It is me. I'm alive. I am Lord. I'm governor over all of Egypt. Here, I want you to go back and get my father. I want you to go back, take these wagons. And even Pharaoh finds out about it. He's all tickled to death about it. And he gives them and supplies them uh, wagons. He gives them, according to the chapter, he says he gives them provision for the way. Now, aren't you glad when God gives you something to do, he'll give you the provision to get it done? And then he says, see that you fall not out by the way. In other words, don't let anything distract you. Don't let anything stop you. Don't let anything detour you from doing what I am calling you to do. I want you to go and deliver a message. You know what he's basically saying? I want you to go tell them good news, good news, good news. Are you all with me so far? Now, on the other hand, we have Jacob. He's back at home. Jacob is in a bad way. Because if you remember, 22 years before that, when Joseph was only 17 years old, his brothers lied to their father and said, Is this Jacob, excuse me, is this Joseph's coat? It was shredded. It had, it had blood all over it. And they told him that Joseph was dead, that the wild animal has done this. Now, now this is what Jacob said. He said, I will go to my grave. I will go to my grave grieving over my son. He, and that's basically what he's saying, I'll never be happy again. So here we have a grieving father who is grieving over his dead son. He's not only grieving over a dead son, but he's worried about this deadly famine that they have been going through. He's worried about the economic situation. He's worried about their own survival. And if there was anybody in need of some good news, here's Jacob. 
Now, can you relate to Jacob today? Look around our world. Look around at our societies. All you have to do is turn on the news and you're going to find bad news from a, a Zika virus to the economy to the racial tension, to the killings and the murders and all the things that are going on, to the election. God knows we need prayer right there. I mean, everywhere you turn, for Christians, uh, you, can't even, you can't even preach the Bible without it becoming labeled hate speech. And everything is coming against the Christian society, everything. But listen, the Bible said it was going to happen. Perilous times shall come. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to tell you, it's going to get worse. But I got good news. If we look here in this chapter, let me read just a couple verses and I'll give it to you and we'll pray. The Bible says in Genesis 45 verse 9, this is Joseph speaking to his brethren. He said, haste ye, go up to my father and say unto him, thus saith thy son Joseph, God hath made me Lord of all Egypt, come down unto me, tarry not. For thou shalt dwell in the land of Goshen, and thou shalt be near unto me, thou and thy children, and thy children's children, thy flocks and thy herds, and all that thou hast. And there will I nourish thee, for yet there are five years of famine, lest thou and thy household and all that thou hast come to poverty. Then we skip to verse 17. Pharaoh finds out about it. He's happy. He says, Pharaoh says to Joseph, Say unto thy brethren, This do ye, laid your beasts, and go, get you unto the land of Canaan, Take your father, your household, come unto me, and I will give you the good of the land of Egypt. All Listen, ye shall eat of the fat of the land. Now thou art commanded, this do ye. Take ye wagons out of the land of Egypt for your little ones and for your wives, and bring your father and come. And I love this verse, and I wish to God I had time to preach this verse. He says, also regard not your stuff. For the good of all the land of Egypt is yours. There's way too many Christians worried about their own stuff. They're worried about their past and they're worried about their baggage and they're worried about what they're carrying. And God is saying, don't worry about your stuff. Don't worry about your past. Don't worry about what you think needs to be done. It does not say you need to do anything. Jesus, when he died on the cross, he said it is finished. It is done. It, somebody say amen. Regard not your stuff. Everything we have is yours. Man, that's good news already. Amen. He gave them provision for the way. He tells them, go get him. Now watch this. This is verse 24. So he sent his brethren away, and they departed. And he said unto them, See that ye fall not out by the way. And they went up out of Egypt and came unto the land of Canaan, unto Jacob their father. Now let me tell you one more thing before we get to the points. Joseph is the greatest type of Christ in all of the Bible. If you are a student of the Word, you will know that all through the Old Testament, God uses different people. He uses different situations. He uses different stories to illustrate and reveal to you His darling Son. And Joseph is the greatest type of Christ in all of the Bible. There are more types, there are more similarities between him and the Lord Jesus Christ 
God used the life of Joseph to draw a beautiful picture of his son. The Old Testament and the New Testament is all about Jesus. Jesus is the truth of the Bible. He's the treasure of the Bible. And he's the theme of the Bible. And Joseph is the greatest type of Christ in the Bible. He was loved of his father. He was hated of his brethren. He was, listen, his garment was stripped off of him. He was sold as a slave, just like Jesus, sold for silver at the price of a slave. He was put in prison, just like Jesus. He was condemned with two others, just like Jesus. One went free, and one went to the gallows, just like Jesus. Hey, he took a Gentile bride, just like Jesus. The greatest type of Christ in all of the Bible. You say, why are you saying that? Because you need to get that for what we're fixing to say. He is a type of Jesus. And as we tell these points and we tell the good news about Joseph, I want you to look at it as the good news of Jesus. Are y'all with me? They come back to Jacob and they said, you're not going to... Now remember, 22 years, Jacob has thought that his boy was dead. 22 years of grieving, 22 years of brokenness, 22 years of great-haired worry, and now worrying about everything. And here he is sitting in his grief. Here he is sitting in his mourning. And his sons come up, and they said, Oh, you're not going to believe it. You're not going to believe it. We've got something to tell you. Look at this verse. The Bible says in verse number 26, They said, And they told him, They told him, saying, Joseph is yet, what's that word? Come on. Joseph is yet. So number one, what is the good news? He lives. He lives. Come on, get with me, people. He, he's not dead, he's alive. He's not dead, he's alive. He's not dead, he's alive. You say, what does that have to do with us? We serve a living Savior. He's not in the ground. He is not dead. He is not in the tomb. There is an empty tomb. On the third day, he rose again. He said in Revelation chapter number 1, I am he that liveth and was dead. Now I'm alive forevermore. I'm here to tell you, we serve a living Savior. He's well aware of our need. He's well aware of our situation. He lives today. He's not Muhammad in the ground. His bones are still in the ground. Every religious leader, every cult leader, every one of them still in the ground today. But Jesus Christ is living and standing at the right hand of the Father. He ever liveth to give intercession for us. Somebody say amen. You say, why is that good news? But because he lives, I have hope. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15, 17, And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain. Ye are yet in your sins. Then they also which are fallen asleep, that means died, in Christ are perished. That means if Jesus didn't get up, if Jesus is not alive, every person that's died is gone and perished. But what's it say? If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are all of all men most miserable. But now, say amen, but now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. Now let me help you understand this. Because he lives, one day I will live. Because he lives, I don't have to worry about the funeral home. 
I don't have to worry about the undertaker. I don't have to worry about cancer and what it can do. I don't have to worry about death and destruction because I'm like Job. I know my Redeemer lives, and He shall stand at the latter day on this earth. And though the skin worms destroy this body of mine, yet in my flesh I shall see God. I may go by way of the grave, but honey, one day my name is called. I'm going to get up out of that ground. I'm going to live again. I'm going to live forever simply because He lives. I don't like funerals. I don't like hospitals. I don't like sickness. I don't like anything remotely connected to none of that junk. But I do not go to them with fear in my heart because I know He's alive. He's alive. And if He's alive, I'm alive. I am alive in Him. He lives. And because He lives, I have hope. But not only that. Because He lives, I have help. I have help. Let me read your verse. This is good. I, I, if you ain't enjoying I'm having a big time all by myself. <laughs> Hebrews 7.25. Watch this. Wherefore, he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him. Watch. Seeing he ever, he ever, to make intercession for them. Romans 8.34. Who is he that condemneth? It's a question. Question mark. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who maketh intercession for us. Romans eight twenty six. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings, which cannot be uttered. He that searcheth our hearts knoweth what the mind of the Spirit is, but because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Now, 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 everybody likes to talk about Jesus dying for us. And I'm tickled to death about that. I'm so glad he died to save me from my sins. I'm so glad he died and shed his blood because when I dip my black sin in his red blood, it comes out white as snow. I'm glad that his blood will wash away our sin. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is that flow that makes me white as snow. Thank God he died for us. But hey, thank God he's living for us. Listen, he is interceding. You know what that means? He's praying for us. He is there on our behalf. He is standing before the Father every time Satan comes. He's the accuser of the brethren. And every time he comes to accuse you, every time he comes to critique you, every time he comes to condemn you, Jesus stands up and says, Hey, he belongs to me. He is mine and I am his. He is my child. I paid for him and I'll take care of it. He's interceding. He's helping. Preacher, I don't know what I always to pray for. Yeah, but he does. And because he lives, he's helping you today. Good news, people. He lives. He lives. Can you imagine Jacob as he hears these words? And they said, Pops, not only that. Not only that. He's not just alive. But he's Lord. You remember that dream he had? He's Lord. He's what? He's Lord. 
He is Lord over all of Egypt. Now, let me help you with something. I got tons of verses, but I'm out of time. So you can just look them up. The Bible says God hath made him Lord and Christ. Acts chapter number 2. And then it says in Philippians, it says that, that because he humbled himself, God hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow. Now you say, why is that good news? Because we're here turning on the TV and freaking out over everything that's happening in our country. I am. I turn it on and, and I go from angry to, to depress, to, to fear of what my children or grandchildren are going to have to put up with as this gets worse and worse. And I get to thinking about everything that's happening. And then all of a sudden the Holy Spirit has got to stop me and shake me into reality and to tell me, didn't I tell you this stuff was going to happen? Didn't I tell you? Perilous times shall come. Perilous times shall come. Difficult times shall come. Didn't I tell you that was going to happen? It's in the Word. But then he says this, but didn't I tell you I'm in charge and I'm in control? I am Lord. I am supreme in authority and in power. And nothing in this world can happen without my say-so. Nothing in this world can happen without my permission. The devil's gunpowder cannot burn to God says so. And it doesn't matter what the economy does. It doesn't matter what the world does it doesn't matter what the culture does it doesn't matter what anybody does he is still Lord he's still Lord we're still his children he is still in charge if he can bring listen the three Hebrew children out of the fiery furnace Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they walk into the fire bound. But the Bible says that king looked and said, how many did we throw? They said three. He said, well, we got a problem because there's four of them in there. And they're walking around. Amen goes right there. We need to be bold like they were. They threatened him and said, if you, if you do not bow down. And that's what society's doing today. Listen, the homosexual agenda and all that crowd and all the liberals want the church to bow down and be quiet and shut up and not tell the truth. And they're trying to say, bow down to our idols and our culture. But them three guys, they said, let me tell you something, old king. Listen, you can do what you're going to do. We are not careful to answer thee in this matter. That's King James. What they're saying in Alabama is saying we don't beat around the bush. We're going to tell you just like it is. You can do what you want to do, but we still ain't bowing down. Our God is able. I said our God is able to deliver us from this fiery furnace. And if he chooses not to, we still ain't bowing down. He's able. It don't matter what they do. He's able. It doesn't matter what they say. He's able. It doesn't matter what happens in the economy. He's able. He's Lord. He's supreme in power. He's supreme in authority. And He's your best friend. <clears throat> he lives. Good news. He lives. Good news. He's Lord. And this is my favorite one. The Bible says Jacob didn't believe him. His spirit fainted in him. Can you imagine hearing that after 22 years? 
But <laughs> look at this. This is great. I got seven seconds to tell you this. <clears throat> and when he saw the wagons, when <laughs> verse twenty-seven, when he saw the wagons which Joseph has sent to carry him, the spirit of Jacob, his father, revived. You know what the old boy said? He said, "Pops, he's living." But not only that, he's Lord. And then he said, not only that, he's loaded. Now listen, I know I pastor poor people, so y'all can go ahead and enjoy that point right there. I know who goes to church here. Pops, he is loaded. He said, he said, don't even worry about a suitcase. Don't even worry about renting a U-Haul. He said, just leave your stuff there because everything in Egypt is yours. <laughs> yeah, I like it too, Dad. Help yourself. <laughs> Let me give you three, three portions of Scripture in, in, in five seconds. <clears throat> Romans eleven thirty three. Romans eleven thirty three. Watch this. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of wisdom and the knowledge of God. Preacher, what are you saying? He's loaded in wisdom. You got a decision you're trying to make? You got a problem trying to solve? You got an issue in your life that you just can't get a hold of? Well, ladies and gentlemen, I got good news. He's loaded with wisdom. Wisdom. Let me hurry. Ephesians 2, 4. But God, but God who is rich in mercy, for His great love wherewith He loved us. Preacher, you don't know the sin that's in my life. You don't know my past. That might be true. But I serve a God who's loaded with mercy. You say, what is mercy? It's not getting what you deserve. You see, there's grace and then there's mercy. Mercy is not going to hell. Grace is getting to go to heaven. Mercy's not getting what you do deserve. Grace is getting what you don't deserve. And he's loaded in mercy. I don't care what your friends say, and I don't care what people who are putting you down say, and people saying you'll never make it, you'll never amount to anything, that there's just too much going on in your life. Hey, he's loaded. He's loaded with mercy. He is rich in mercy. Now watch, keep reading. Even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved, and hath raised us up together, and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace. Guys, he's loaded in grace. You say, why is that important? <clears throat> because there's going to be days of your life that you're going to need the grace of God to make it. One of the greatest verses in the Bible is when God is encouraging Paul. And Paul is saying, I can't take this anymore. Please take this thorn from me. And God says, son, my grace is sufficient 
for thee. I promise you this, you may be in a trial today, you may be in the valley today, you may be going through a difficult time today, but honey, he's loaded. What does that mean? Nikki, that means he's got more than you got, and he's got more than you need. The riches of his grace. Then lastly, this will hit most of us. But my God shall supply all of your need according to what? His riches and glory. He's not only loaded with wisdom. He's not only loaded with mercy. He's not only loaded with grace, but he's loaded with supply. What are you worried about? Well, you know, this economy, your supply is not determined by this economy. Preaching my retirement, let me say it again, your supply is not determined by your 401k. It's not determined by the job you have. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying our Father, who is in heaven, will give us our daily bread. He will meet every single need that we have. The psalmist said it well. He said, I was young, and now I'm old. And I'm going to tell you, in all my born days, I ain't never seen nobody forsaken by God, and ain't nobody been begging bread. God has always supplied. He's always showed up right on time. He's always been there when we need Him. He's always been the friend that's sticking closer than a brother. He has never left me. He has never forsaken me. He's always met the need. What are you worried about? Good news. Good news. I want to encourage everybody. And it ain't because I did it, but it's just truth and it was good. I want everybody to go. If you wasn't here Wednesday night Bible study, I want you to go online and watch that service. It was all about defeating worry. And in, in one portion of that scripture, in Philippians chapter number 4, God showed me something I, never, I just never got. I don't know why, but I've never seen it. I've never heard another preacher talk about it. It says, let your moderation, let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. The word moderation there means even kill. It means a calmness of mind. Basically, it's saying this. It means cool, calm, and collected. Let all men see this. In the valley, in the furnace, with the giant, in the flood, all men need to see that God's children have an ease of mind, are at peace in the storm, have a calmness in the turmoil. Are y'all with me? Not a high, not a low, but a moderation, a calmness of spirit. But you want me to tell you what most people in this world are seeing out of Christians? The same response they have. There's no calmness. There's no coolness. There's no, listen, there's no ease of mind. We're freaking out like they are. We're losing our mind. We're filling up Facebook with so much junk and garbage and word. Listen, we're God's children. Then it says this. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand i've heard that preached all my life 
from evangelists and everybody that he's coming back. That's not what that means. Matter of fact, it has nothing to do with what that means. Come here, Doc. Stand right there. Ain't he handsome? You ain't nothing like your brother. Nah, I'm kidding. That's Jalen's brother. No. Here's what it means. Reach out for me. Reach out for me. All right, at the present moment, I'm not at hand. I'm not at hand. Now, I'm at hand. Now, I am within Do you know what that verse means? It means you don't need to be worrying. You don't need to be, because right after that it says, be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer. Don't worry about anything. Why? At all times, in the valley, on the mountain, in the fire, in the good, in the bad, there'll never be a time that I'm not within. Hey, hey, ho, ho, ho. How many of y'all remember when Peter was walking on the water? You remember? He had faith to step out of the boat. And he was doing it. And all of a sudden, here come the waves. How many of y'all have been walking on the water and walking in faith in your life and everything seemed to be going great and all of a sudden the devil sent a wave your way? Y'all know what happened. Everybody, you know, old Peter should have kept his eyes on Jesus. Yeah, he should have, shouldn't we all the time? Why can't we just get just like you know, armchair quarterbacks from the Bible? Why in the world did the children of Israel doubt God after he fed them? I don't know. Why do we? The Bible says he began to sink. Now, this is the coolest part about the whole story. Everybody skips. It says he cried out to Jesus. And read it. Immediately. He was within now, I don't know how far out Jesus was. He could have been another hundred yards out there. But the moment he was needed, he was within. Ladies and gentlemen, let your moderation be known unto all men. You need to leave this church today and all these people that's going crazy. You need to say, hey, we got good news. What is it? He's living. And he's Lord. And he's loaded. Come on, give God praise and glory. Thanks, brother. Come on, praise him. He's worthy of our praise. He's worthy of our worship. He's worthy of our glory. Give him praise and honor today. Yes, amen. Now, now, say them with me. Buddy, are you doing the music or is Jalen got something? What, 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 what are y'all doing? Is Jalen somewhere? Is he out smoking a cigarette? What's he doing? <laughs> Jalen, is he in the house? Jalen, y'all do whatever y'all going to do, uh, whatever y'all got planned. But, but I want y'all to say this with me. He lives. He's Lord. And he's loaded. Now, now, I want you to say it like you believe it. Okay? Number one, he lives. He's Lord. And he's loaded. Are you glad? Amen. Amen. Yes, yes. Father, in Jesus' name, we 